It's Thursday, March 24th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. If you traded in crypto or bought NFTs last year, don't forget you might be on the hook for all those taxes. Depending on the crypto used to buy it and who's doing the selling, NFT transactions can be taxed as income, short or long-term capital gains, collectibles, or dividends. Sam Sutton, reporter at Politico, joins us for the confusing classifications of NFTs. Next, according to a review of patient data, people who had COVID-19 were at a greater risk of developing type 2 diabetes than those who avoided getting sick. Looking at the records of over 180,000 VA patients, researchers calculated that those that got COVID were 46% more likely to be diagnosed with diabetes for the first time or prescribed medication to control blood sugar. Lenny Bernstein, health and medicine reporter at the Washington Post, joins us for more. Finally, as sanctions hit Russian oligarchs to put pressure on Putin to end his invasion of Ukraine, we have seen their yachts try to find friendlier waters. Yacht watchers have been tracking their movements as they try to avoid being seized and as they even get denied fuel. Benoit Faucon, senior reporter at the Wall Street Journal, joins us for how some Russian oligarchs' yachts are on the run. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. As you can imagine, it gets very complicated very quickly yeah. uh, when it comes to folks who are trading these things and buying and selling them using crypto with uh, any degree of regularity. Joining us now is Sam Sutton, reporter at Politico. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Thank you for having me. Well, it's tax season right now. Tax day is coming up on April 18th. And if you bought an NFT in the past year, obviously, you know, people were going crazy for these things throughout the pandemic. This is really the first tax season since the big rise of NFTs. You're going to be uh, very interested to know how these things are taxed because there's no baseline for it. It's all over the place. I mean, it can be taxed all sorts of different ways, depending on how much they're worth and, and, and how you're selling it and who bought it and everything. It's pretty crazy to think of it. So, Sam, help us walk through some of this. It's a pretty complex issue, and it's one that I'm guessing a lot of just kind of day-to-day traders of these assets probably aren't thinking about as they prepare to file their taxes for 2021. So how does this work? I mean, uh, because one of the last things that people are thinking of, even when they're just trading regular cryptocurrencies, is they're thinking of taxes later on. I mean, you have to uh, figure that out at at the end of the year. But so what do we know about NFTs? Because the IRS has not released really any guidance with any of this. You're correct. They have not released guidance yet. So it really depends on the NFT and how you acquired the NFT and how long you held the NFT before selling it if you did in fact sell it. So I'll start with just kind of the most basic scenario here, which is you used cryptocurrency to or you used a digital asset to purchase an NFT on OpenSea or or some other crypto only marketplace. Anytime that you use crypto to buy something, what you're essentially doing is selling that crypto for whatever it's valued at at that time, converting it to dollars and then transferring that to the person that you're acquiring the asset from. Um, that might not be technically how it, what you're doing, but that's how the IRS views it. So when, when you do that, depending on how long you held that crypto, that might be a, a capital gain, either a short-term or a long-term. And that means you need to know when you acquired your initial crypto, what, what you acquired it at, and what it was valued at when you sold it. So that's, that's one complicating factor. <laughs> right. The next thing is the NFT itself. 
if it's, you know, just a, a basic work of art, it, you know, it could be viewed as a collectible. If it's the type of thing where, you know, uh, other digital assets are airdropped into your wallet and those digital assets have economic value, then, you know, that could be a taxable event as well. So, so as you can imagine, it gets very complicated very quickly yeah. uh, when it comes to folks who are trading these things and buying and selling them using crypto with uh, any degree of regularity. And with a lot of things, right, when technology takes over and, and people really start jumping on things, the government is always lagging behind. So we're not even expecting any guidance from the IRS in the near future. Uh, so this is all taking place while people are trying to do their taxes now. President Biden signed an executive order to kind of do an assessment of U.S. crypto policy. So I'm sure some of this will get rolled into that. But, you know, there's still a lot yet to be done on this. Yeah, it, that's that's for sure. You know, I what, what kind of struck me throughout this, the reporting of this piece was that when I spoke with folks who are deeply familiar with the world of both crypto and taxes, so like CPAs who specialize in, in crypto-related tax issues, they all said this is, you know, uh, very much a wide-open game right now, and, it, and it's hard to assess, you know, what any one person's obligations might be, and that you kind of have to make some judgment calls sometimes around, you know, how to categorize some of these transactions. The takeaway quote that, that I had was from Lawrence Lacken, who's the vice president of tax at the crypto exchange Coinbase, which is one of the largest crypto exchanges uh, in the marketplace. And he basically said, you know, it'd be super helpful if the, if the IRS and the state tax authorities clarified how gains and sales of NFTs should be treated to the point that you made earlier. You know, many crypto participants who don't think of taxes until long after the sales occur and, and they're caught flat-footed when, that, when it's time to collect. Just kind of to add to the complication, just because we're talking about it, right? When we're looking at things to the future, like the metaverse and whatnot, you may even mention in there, you know, for people that are buying and selling and trading tokens frequently on gaming stuff and metaverse app applications, a lot of this stuff is represented as NFTs. And they might be lower cost in a lot of cases, but maybe some of their higher cost things that meet that threshold of having to report to the IRS. I mean, in increasingly, those can be so much more complicated now. Yeah, and again, particularly if you're using crypto to purchase those NFTs within those metaverse or gaming platforms. I, I should say that's that's a really important part of this because if you're using, you know, there are some NFTs that are available for sale where you can just buy it with your Visa or your MasterCard or your Amex. And those transactions, I, I talked to one CPA, those transactions are actually much easier to look at from a tax perspective because you're just using, it's like any other transaction, you're buying a good or a, a digital good, I guess, with dollars, and that's not that's not as uh, that's not as difficult. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how those metaverse and gaming applications, you know, integrate crypto, or if they, you know, decide eh, maybe it's a little bit easier if people just put in a credit card. Yeah. Sam Sutton, reporter at Politico. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. doesn't absolutely mean that the person will end up with a permanent diabetes. However, if, uh, if we learn that um, COVID virus or SARS-CoV-2 virus uh, damages pancreatic uh, beta cells permanently and reduces the body's capacity to make and secrete insulin, that diabetes might be, uh, might be permanent. Joining us now is Lenny Bernstein, health and medicine reporter at The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us, Lenny. Oh, thanks for having me. 
Well, uh, an interesting thing uh, with regards to COVID and diabetes. You know, for a long time when COVID was happening, everybody was uh, obviously concerned very much with the current illness, but there was also a lot of being made about what kind of future ailments could be caused as a result of it. Or, you know, a lot of people that had long COVID just suffering continual symptoms. And uh, this new study that came out shows that people that had a COVID infection, it was associated with a greater likelihood of developing type 2 diabetes. This was true for people who had severe illness or mild or asymptomatic cases. So, uh, Lenny, tell us a little bit about this. We hopefully are putting COVID a little bit in our rearview mirror. We're going to have some more surges, but a little bit behind us. And attention is turning towards long COVID. That's people uh, who've suffered it beyond the, the 30 days or three months, depending on who you ask. And then some of the fallout from having had the virus. In this case, they did a look at uh, very large numbers of VA patients, and they found that Anybody who was infected had a about a 46% chance, greater chance, of developing type 2 diabetes or having to go on um, blood sugar control medication than people who did not get infected. You know, that's worrisome. That's worrisome for your long COVID patients. That's worrisome for the average person who just might have had a mild case. 80 million Americans have had COVID and 470 million people around the world have had COVID. So even a small percentage of those developing type 2 diabetes is going to be a very large surge of that disease. Tell me a little bit uh, more about the study, because there was a large number of VA patients that they looked at and how they cross-reference it with people that didn't get COVID, just so people can kind of understand uh, the process. Right. This isn't a randomized controlled study where you, you know, set out to study. You set up one group as a control and another group as the group that you're going to study. This was a retrospective. So they looked at 180,000 people who got COVID. That was from March 2020 to uh, September 2021. And then they looked at four, over 4 million who didn't get COVID during the same period, and they compared them. And then just to make sure that they're their numbers were good. They also looked at a little over 4 million people from before the pandemic who got VA care who were similar demographically, but they didn't get COVID. Obviously, it was before the pandemic. And, you know, there was a very clear association among the people who got COVID and type 2 diabetes. Now, you can never claim in this kind of study cause and effect, but the numbers were so large that the Researcher is very confident in the association. I guess a little bit in some of this uh, research said that it could be triggering a new type of diabetes where certain cells start to raise blood sugar rather than lower it. Uh, you know, I don't know how much they know about that specifically, but uh, more stuff that they have to look into with all of this. And throughout all of this, you know, the, you know, people start thinking, well, what's causing it exactly? It's another key culprit in a lot of COVID stuff, inflammation, they suspect. Exactly right. Inflammation. It doesn't appear in this case that the COVID virus is actually destroying the insulin producing beta cells that are in the pancreas. Because if that happened, you'd be getting a lot more type 1 diabetes. And in this case, they found it was over 99% type 2. So the cells are not working as well as they can. They're not producing the hormone insulin as efficiently as they should. So they're guessing, they don't know, that the culprit is inflammation, either caused by the virus, or as we've seen so many times before in this pandemic, caused by the body's own reaction to the virus, the uh, immune system and the cells that we produce to go after the virus, they also have an unintended 
consequence of harming the insulin-producing cells in the pancreas and therefore creating type 2 diabetes. Do we know if any, uh, what kind of strain of COVID this might have been? Because obviously right now, Omicron has been circulating so much more and we hear anecdotally, right, that it is a lot more of a milder case that a lot of people experience. You mentioned this was done kind of in 2020, so that was in, in the height of it. Probably not a lot of people were vaccinated and everything. So they were getting the full force of COVID. Do, do we know uh, strains by any chance with this? It couldn't be Omicron because they went from March of 2020 to September of 2021. So that would take us basically through every strain up to and including Delta. Those were the ones that were part of this study. Omicron, if you recall, didn't come out until roughly around Thanksgiving of last year. And yes, it was more mild, although it was so contagious that it put, it infected way more people than any previous strain. So this study by including all the other strains, is pretty comprehensive. It shows you that pretty much any strain of the coronavirus can have this effect, excluding uh, Omicron. If you go for your physical and your doctor doesn't check your blood sugar, which he or she should be doing anyway, and you've had COVID, you want to ask for that. You want to say, what's my blood sugar? What's my hemoglobin A1C look like? Because I did have COVID and they've connected it to type 2 diabetes. Lenny Bernstein, health and medicine reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you very much for joining us. Anytime. This kind of continuous escape from, from new sanctions can really last, I mean, can, can lead to, to these vessels have to, uh, to do, uh, you know, go and travel all around the world. Joining us now is Benoit Faucon, senior reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for joining us, Benoit. Thank you. Wanted to talk about this interesting uh, article about the yachts of the Russian oligarchs. So right now what's going on, obviously, uh, in Ukraine and, and the invasion by Russia, we've been monitoring all that very closely. And a lot of what's been going on is sanctions, sanctioning, obviously, Russian banks, uh, Putin, uh, sanctioning the Russian oligarchs. Uh, you know, we've seen some pretty crazy stuff in France and Italy where they're seizing some of these assets from people. And this is all part of that pressure campaign. Let's put as much pressure on Putin and, and his allies to hopefully convince them to stop. So far, it's not working. But what's interesting is we're seeing all of the mad scramble for all of these oligarchs to get their yachts out of the ports that they're in, get them into safer territory so they don't get seized. And uh, and you wrote an article about how, you know, a lot of these are just uh, going from country to country. Sometimes they're not being uh, given uh, refuels and they have been seized. So, Benoit, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, I mean, the incredible situation here is that the kind of the, the wave of, of sanctions is constantly exposed. Meaning if you are, for instance, sanctioned in the US, very soon after you might be in the UK, in the European Union, and then a number of countries like Montenegro and Monaco, uh, where there's a big Russian oligarch presence, are also following these, uh, these sanctions at different levels. Uh, not to mention uh, Caribbean nations that are dependencies of the Netherlands. So uh, if you're an oligarch, for that, you know, this little uh, marina in the Caribbean was safe, but it's not. Yeah, and you talked about uh, the Galactic Supernova. So this is a 230-foot yacht. It belongs to an oligarch, one of the uh, a share. He's one of the largest shareholders of Russian oil company Luke Oil. 
And tell me about this yacht in particular. It has a price tag of about $83 million, but where it was stationed, they right away, they said, hey, we got to get this thing out of here. And so what route did it take? Where did it try to go? So no, that, that was very interesting. In that case, around the time where basically you, you, you saw, uh, I mean, basically the time where the war started, suddenly they realized, well, we might be in trouble here. You know, there might be uh, issues uh, at different levels, not just being seized, but, you know, uh, if we are sanctioned, we may not get access to fuel. We may not get a safety surveys that we need for, for insurance. So all of that together meant they left very quickly out of Barcelona when they'd been there for months. And then arriving, you know, in Montenegro at the time where effectively Montenegro itself said, well, we're going to apply sanctions, EU sanctions on, on Russian uh, oligarchs, left very quickly. And from what we understand is now basically um, around near Turkey, which uh, is not part of this uh, sort of sanctions regime at this stage but it's not particularly friendly either with Russia. So this kind of continuous escape from, from new sanctions can really last, I mean, can, can lead to, to these vessels have to, uh, to do, or, you know, go and travel all around the world. Really. Right. You know, so the governments can seize, uh, freeze these assets of sanctioned individuals indefinitely. So that's why the worry is, you know, you got to get it out of there before you get caught. But even people that haven't been sanctioned yet, it could be further down the pipeline, right? As uh, sanctions do grow. Even some of these people that own these yachts are trying to skip town. They're, they're really trying to protect it, even if they're not under the gun just yet. Absolutely. Because what could happen again is what happens if people don't want to give you fuel or don't want to work with you and you're on tow port and you just can't have new supplies. So the further you go from the risk of sanction, the better. And the ultimate destination really is Russia. I mean, that's the safest you can be. And we've seen uh, one which was owned, actually owned by a state company, which was in Germany and moved, you know, secretly, didn't give its uh, destination to Kaliningrad in the Baltic. And another one who is currently moving away from the Indian Ocean into eastern Siberia. So back to Russia, effectively. Mm -hmm. And you read in the article, too, you know, a lot of this has a lot of symbolism. Obviously, we're trying to put the pressure on them. But, you know, whether an oligarch loses a, a, a yacht or something like that, how much of an impact will that have on the war? Probably not much. So it, there is a lot of symbolism at play with this stuff. Absolutely. I mean, there's objectively also a lot of money involved. I mean, there's been some valuation from, you know, the most expensive super yachts of up to $1 billion. So for some of these oligarchs, it's actually a substantial part of their assets. And the other dimension is, it's true, the symbolism is this is the closest that is right now abroad and visible of Putin's, you know, associates. Now, it may not be true for each case. Some of them may actually have a lot of distance uh, or, or no relation at all to Vladimir and Putin, but, but they are visible um, sort of element of association. And so the degree of visibility for every of, you know, YouTube video that used to be innocuous about one particular yacht, you're going to get dozens of comments about, oh, this is associated with the, uh, the war in Ukraine. So yeah. they can't really escape. I mean, there's always someone taking a picture of them and watching for them somewhere. And that's where it was new. I mean, that was an industry that was not that visible before that, but now is extremely scrutinized. Benoit Faucon, senior reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. 
This episode of The Daily Dive was produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive.